today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Right now, as we've been uh, talking about some of the city business over the last little while, one of the other items discussed yesterday at City Hall was uh, the, the concern with the Red Hill. We know about the, the technical aspects of this, and, and I'm on record, and I think a lot of other people in this community are on record now, is uh, suggesting that there should, needs to be some sort of an inquiry, independent inquiry, about staff and, and council and, and the, the reports that were done that were never presented to the public or to council. And that's yet to be dealt with. But there is also the issue of enforcement of the existing laws on that roadway. And there was a discussion about how that was going to happen yesterday. And uh, I'm not so sure that a lot of people are going to be crazy about the, the suggestion that came out of that meeting. I wanted to bring uh, Clint Tulin into the conversation. Clint, of course, is the president of the Hamilton Police Association. Clint, great you could uh, join us today. Thanks so much for the time. Well, thanks for having me, Bill. I'm always a little astounded when they start talking about uh, enforcement and things of this nature. And they got, I, this council's got that idea. This one's got this idea. Uh, there's nobody from police services there to talk about this. You guys are the experts. Maybe you should have been consulted. Well, I would have to agree with you on that. Um, there's certainly certain things that we could uh, contribute to the discussion and at least give uh, you know the, the people involved in those discussions the full picture to, to be able to make the right decision. Well, and, and we'll get into exactly what they wanted to do. Well, let's put that out there, and we can talk about the ramifications and maybe what the current status is. Uh, the mayor and a couple of the other councillors are suggesting that, uh, that maybe what they should be doing is paying off-duty police officers uh, to do the patrolling on there. Right, right off the bat, let me get your read on, on that suggestion. Well, uh, I, I can start by saying that uh, Hamilton police officers are not looking for more work. I, I, I think it's been pretty well documented, my feelings on our staffing levels and, and the amount of work, the workload that our officers already face, the fact that we're having difficulty filling the pay duties or specials. Uh, Hess Village is a good example, but there are others. So we're certainly not looking for more work. That's not the case, but... Um, um, you know, it's certainly an option uh, that that should be looked at. Um, I, and I, I think it's maybe a topic for another day. But based on the report from uh, with regards to the Red Hill and the safety factors, you know, it is a, a health and safety issue for our officers as well, being on that roadway. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, we keep talking about safety with the average passenger. I mean, you know, you guys are out there all the time as well. Uh, and if there's some danger there and if there's speeding going on there, I mean, it has to be addressed. Uh, but I, 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 that's why I, the first reaction I had when I heard about this idea about, well, let's get paid duty office, or off-duty officers and we'll pay them, as you say, special duties or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, I've heard the phrase burnout from you an awful lot, Clinton, certainly from Chief Gerda an awful lot, too. And, and I'm wondering if they're actually going to create a, a problem by doing this. And then uh, the temptation for somebody might to see, I could use a few extra bucks. But on the other hand, I mean, the, the time off, a lot of the t- you need time off. I mean, you've got to w- wind down from that. That's a, it's a pretty intensive job that you guys do. Do you really want to, on your days off, to go over there and say, oh, I'm going to go patrol the Red Hill and go up and down there? Uh, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm concerned about burnout with your officers as well. Particularly with that, um, with that type of enforcement bill, because you really do have to be on your game if you're going to be conducting traffic enforcement, especially on a roadway like the Red Hill. Um, and we can talk about speed limits and that kind of thing. But when you're looking at a 90 kilometer an hour, uh, speed limit, and I know they've reduced it from the Green Hill down to the Q, uh, down to 80, but you, when you, if you're going to be pu- pulling somebody over, um, you have to be very aware of, uh, of your surroundings. And then when you 
uh, couple that with the fact that there are friction issues, there are distracted drivers, there's aggressive drivers on that roadway. You, it's it's not an easy paid duty to do. You certainly have to be very much aware of your surroundings uh, for however long that paid duty goes on. So you're absolutely right. Burnout would be an issue with that particular type of uh, enforcement. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you about about how difficult it is to enforce uh, the the existing rules on that that stretch of road. I mean, it's different from the link. The design is different. Uh, there's a lot of other factors at play here. There absolutely is, and uh, I, I mean, I've done enforcement on 400 series. I have done enforcement on uh, the link, the Red Hill, and I can tell you, you're very, very wary, and you're very, very, um, you're very much aware of of the speed of the vehicles and the volume of traffic. Um, there's, you know, it, it's certainly not a comfortable environment to be doing traffic stops and people are whizzing by you at 90 plus kilometers an hour because even with the flashing lights, yeah, they tend to slow down, but some people don't see you. So it's certainly, uh, it is a dangerous thing to do. Um, I've had, uh, you know, mirrors basically clip me as I'm sitting on those, on the, on the sides of those roadways. So you have to be very, very much on your game if you're going to be doing enforcement on those roadways. And, and again, that's something I think that the council has to take into consideration uh, about doing that. What, talk to me about the existing protocol right now, uh, because I, 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 I get the insinuation yesterday, Clint, I'm not trying to put words in the mouths of councillors here, but the fact that they want more staffing on, on that existing roadway there to do more enforcement there seems to indicate that they don't think there's a enough going on there. There aren't enough officers there, and they're not there as long as they should be. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, keep in mind, um, again, I'm not looking for more work for our officers, but I mean, it depends on what the goal is, Bill. If, if you're looking to reduce the speed, if you're looking to uh, reduce, reduce the aggressive driving or the distracted driving, the, the only way to approach that is through a consistent way, uh, mode of enforcement. And that means that you're, you're going to have to have officers on that roadway on a consistent basis, if not all the time. Um, now, if you're looking at existing resources, there's just no way that that's going to happen. Our officers are too busy. Um, we, you know, you can assign uh, traffic officers because we do have specific uh, divisional safety officers, but they're also assigned to take care of accidents um, and and those types of things. So they have other priorities as well. So. Um, they are doing their best. There's no two ways about it. Uh, all of our officers, uh, when, when there's an when there's an issue, I can I can assure you that that is brought to the attention to the staff sergeants to share with their frontline officers, and they'll they'll spend time whenever they have the opportunity. Um, but the problem with uh, with trying to use just the existing um, staffing levels, there's just no consistency to it. Let me ask you, I guess a procedural situation here. If they decide to do this, uh, and you just talked about other calls and other things that, and other pressures that can be on an officer when they're there, uh, if this is an off-duty officer that's that's freelancing, I guess it may be a phrase, I'm not so sure if it's an app phrase, but uh, if there is a call, if there's a, a major accident on Queenston Road, for instance, is that officer duty bound to go in, and do that, or they just stay where they are because they're off-duty technically? Well, uh, I guess I could break that, that down in two different ways. If if a particular officer is assigned based on a paid duty, that is their specific job for that day. Uh, they don't tend to go to uh, deal with anything else. But as a police officer, you're bound uh, that you know if there's a requirement for you that you're going to respond to it. But it's our communication staff who do a great job um, trying to balance everything and trying to keep uh, um, our officers available to be able to respond to the calls for service. 
um, they, they would, their mandate is not to use that police officer. It would be one of the officers who are on that uh, particular squad for the day. Okay. Uh, here's the other question, I guess, and maybe this is the million-dollar question in this situation. How effective is that kind of patrolling in that car? Does it actually slow people down? I mean, uh, if, if they know there's going to be officers there every day, and I guess that's pretty much have to do, it's all about visibility, isn't it? Yes, and, and once again, if, if you're going to target a particular roadway and you're looking to see a reduction in the speed, in the aggressive driving, in the distracted driving, you have to be consistent. And um, again, the only way to do that is have officer presence. I, I've seen some of the uh, alternatives that have been suggested, one being parking a cruiser on the side of the road or photo radar. Photo radar, I'll, I'll, I'll just address that really quickly, that's a reactive. You get your ticket a, a month later. Um, it doesn't address the existing issues. So if somebody's doing 130 on the on the Red Hill, um, yeah, you get a ticket for it, but it doesn't stop the driving behavior. It also, uh, photo radar doesn't deal with distracted driving, and it doesn't deal with aggressive driving. So the only way to properly do it uh, is to have an officer literally driving up and down that roadway on a consistent basis, if not, I'm not saying 24 hours a day, but uh, as, as you know, a large number of the hours of the day, that would educate the public to know that there's going to be a police cruiser up and down that road on a consistent basis, and that they need to be aware of that. And that is the type of um, that's the type of policing enforcement that is going to probably address the the behavior. Clint, you've you've patrolled that road as you just mentioned a few minutes ago, and I know you talk to other officers that do this on a, on a frequent basis. Is is speeding the problem there, or is it distracted driving, or is it a combination? Well, here's what I think, Bill. I mean, yeah, this, I, I, this is anecdotal. Thing. I know you don't have any yeah. stats in front of you. I, well, I can I can tell you, just driving the road. Um, I'm not a big fan of the roadway, and uh, you know the engineering design of it. Um, it's kind of um, the the way the the road is designed. And when you bring into the issue about the report that was uh, that, that was uncovered about the level of friction on the road. That's a roadway that when you're doing 90 or 100 kilometers an hour, there's absolutely no room for error. So if you are distracted or you are, are driving aggressively, if you do make a mistake uh, and then you go to hit your brakes, there's no, there's no forgiveness for this because now you're, you're looking at um, the stopping distance is increasing. Uh, the traffic flow is quite heavy. So um, I, the speed is definitely an issue. There's no two ways about it. When I'm on that roadway and I'm doing 90 and I see somebody fly by me, and that's a regular basis. Um, and I'm talking more on my personal vehicle as opposed yeah. to a police cruiser. But um, that, to me, I think it's a, a combination, Bill, of a, a whole bunch of different factors that have come into play here. It's a busy roadway. The speed limit is high. Uh, the design of the road is not conducive to going, in my opinion, at those speeds. And if you do make a mistake, there's no room for forgiveness. That's the word that, and the phrase that I don't hear city councillors are using too often, but I have heard it from you and other officers, is margin of error. And I know, I'm not an engineer, but I, uh, I talk to them about road design. And, and you know, if, if there's a ramp onto a road or off a road and it says 60 kilometers, I mean, I know that's really designed. You can do 70 or 75 there and you're still okay. Yeah. They, they prefer you didn't, but you can do that. I, I don't sense, when I drive that road, and I share your concerns, uh, I don't sense there's much of a margin of error anywhere. There's all those bends and, ter- and curves in that road and the access and regress off the road uh, it's you you know the chances of something happening i think are greatly increased on that road as opposed to many of the other roads around here 
Absolutely, because, you know, we can all drive in a straight line and, you know, we have a slight distraction. We look at our radio or we look whatever it is and we look up. We're still in the same, we're still going in the same direction with no little wiggles or curves. On the Red Hill, that's not the case. Um, you had better be paying attention all the time and you better be going the speed limit because if you do make a mistake, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's, it's not very forgiving, that roadway. Uh, which begs the question then, would it, when more enforcement and more patrols make my, that much of a difference, is it going to slow people down? Because it seems to me as if what you've got here is a perfect storm of maybe a questionable design. And I know there are engineers that are going to say, no, the road is safe. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, then you've got the idea of distracted driving. And of course, you've got the idea of speed. Uh, I, I find it interesting that they, they've lowered it down to 80 kilometers now. I'm not even so sure that's not too fast. I mean, considering they're the, the secondary highways that we drive on all the time through the summer here, I mean, an awful lot of those are 70 to 80 kilometers. Um, I, I just think this is a, just a combination here that's actually going to probably a contributing factor, obviously, to the number of st- the statistics we see about the accidents and, and, and the deaths on that road. Uh, well, absolutely, and I, I share your concerns. Uh, 80, is that slow enough? Uh, I, I, I'm be of the opinion that it should be actually a little bit slower. And keeping in mind, it, while it is a parkway, it's not an expressway, it's not a 400 series highway. And when, when the Red Hill came in, it was a huge convenience for all Hamiltonians and anybody who's trying to get across the city. Um, you, you see it at, uh, at the, the, the peak travel times, rush hour in the morning and the afternoon. Typically, that roadway, you're only doing 40, 60 kilometers an hour anyway. It's a good conduit to get from one end of the city to the other. I don't know why it has to be done at such a rapid rapid pace. And what I can tell you is, and this is my experience, is if you're going to set the uh, the speed limit at 90, you can guarantee that people are going to be doing 110. So if if we're looking, if we're thinking that 90 is the speed, the very maximum speed that we want people going, and I'm not I'm not certainly not condoning it or encouraging it, but that's my experience driving on on Ontario highways, then you're going to have to reduce the speed limit. I'm I'm thinking 60 or 70 would be acceptable because we know they're going to speed a little bit, um, and as well, the the only way to keep that speed down. Uh, if, in, if we're not talking about the consistent enforcement that I was, that I was just mentioning, then you're going to have to lower the speed limit in and of itself. Uh, because the road, the character of the road has to play a factor here. I mean, you know, when our daughter was going to Western in, in, in London, I made that drive every weekend. But that, that, everybody's doing 120 on that road, but it's as straight as a die. There's, you know, from Win, Woodstock all the way to London, I don't think there's more than one bend in the road. But you look at the design of this road, and, and I compare that to, well, Highway 10 when we go up to Collingwood. That's a two-lane highway from Brampton up to, to Shelburne. Some, it's 60 to 70 kilometers in most of that highway, and that's a highway. That's a, a provincial highway. Why do we say 80 to 90 or whatever it's going to be on this roadway, which I think is a lot more dangerous to drive on? Uh, and I agree with you completely, Bill, because, it, and again, we are looking at a conduit to get from one end of this city to the other. We've already accomplished that in the building of the roadway itself. So um, I think, you know, the speed limit, I, I don't understand why we have to get through the, uh, the Red Hill so quickly, um, particularly considering all the factors that I've already mentioned, whether you're looking at the friction levels, the design of the road, the, the, the volume of traffic, um, you know, uh, to me, that would be the first the first step to take: lower the speed limit. Um, and I don't mean by five or ten kilometers. I mean a significant lowering of that of that speed limit. If if the goal is right now to deal with it in the interim, 
and, and again, I'm not encouraging or advocating for, for a full-time pay duty officer, but if you're actually looking to address the, the, the issues as the roadway stands right now, the, in my opinion anyway, the only way to do that is through consistent enforcement. And by consistent, I mean having an officer on the road and knowing, having the drivers know that there's going to be a cruiser going up and down that roadway on a consistent basis. If you're going to drive aggressively, if you're going to drive distracted or you're going to speed, you're going, you're going to have to face the consequences. Well, I, I know they're going to continue to debate this at City Hall. I, I just might pass your phone number on to them, Clint, because I think it might, maybe a, a professional opinion might be worthwhile here. Thanks so much for this today. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Take care. Quint Tulin, of course, president of the Hamilton Police Association. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.